Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the modalidade on BTV, you can now catch the recaps and also modalidade talk on Befigan Pennant, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befigan uh, Pennant the only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Benfica Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. And ladies and gentlemen, just when you thought, <laughs> just when you thought it was safe after uh, we uh, wiped the slate clean, and we're ready for the new season, and for the software with that enthusiasm, bro. I mean, come on, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Bifika Podcast. We are very excited to be here to to, to share our wisdom or our little two cents about what's going on in the Benfica world. Very excited. Even though things aren't going terrific at the moment with our club, we have to believe things will get back into, you know, their correct order. But nonetheless, we're here. Our brother Dave is in Canada. We're here in the States in someone's basement trying to do our very best to bring you guys some type of entertainment regarding our Gloriosu SLB. I'm excited as ever. Not really. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, we got to still come on here and speak about Benfica. Hopefully some of our future podcasts will be a lot better than what, you know, uh, with a lot more enthusiasm. You see, uh, Capitão will bring the fire uh, over the next couple of episodes. But, yeah, Alfredo, welcome for season thank you. 300 of the Benfica podcast. Yeah, we're, we're actually, uh, you know, thank you, uh, everyone. And here we are for the first uh, episode of this 21-22 season. Uh, and in 2022, in February, we will uh, complete our 10th year anniversary of the podcast. Um, but here we are, uh, right? So tumultuous times at uh, in Bifiga land, obviously, as you know, if you haven't been under a rock. Uh, but uh, here we are. Uh, it's been, personally, it's been a very tough time for me this past week with this everything that's going on. And uh, like I said, I, I thought that uh, we were going to uh, have a clean slate, start the new season on the right foot. And uh, lo and behold, a bomb just explodes in this whole thing. <laughs> so anyway, but here we are. We're trying we're going to try to cover as much as possible um, on tonight's podcast. We will um, 
and we're doing this live. We decided this last minute to do this live. Um, so we're going to talk about the offseason, obviously. Uh, camp, which started at the beginning of, uh, of July. And obviously the elephant in the room. Not Bruno that's not sitting Bruno, over there. Bruno, not uh, but, uh, <laughs> the Luis the Luis number one. I mean, uh... <laughs> the Luis shenanigans or whatever you you call it. And um, we've we've had a lot of people reach out to us and, and and ask us what what's going on. Can you guys break this down for us? So I'm going to try to break it down as as best as I can, from what I understand. Sometimes the judicial system in Portugal isn't the clearest, and some of those words really uh, probably don't even belong in in my vocabulary. So I try to interpret them as well as I can and, and break it all down and explain it to you guys. Um, simply, you know, he's being accused of stealing from the club. Uh, but we'll get into details. But anyway, Cristiano's here. Dave, what's happening, my brother? I haven't seen you in a while. How's everything up in uh, in Canada land? Everything's doing well. Things are starting to open up again. It's been uh, about two months since we've uh, last spoken. I think we could go another. Not that I, I, I love speaking to the both of you, but the way that this season is starting off, thank God we've got the power of Cristiano's positivity again uh, this season because uh looks like we're going to need it all. Yeah, I mean, that's going to last. Cristiano's uh, positivity? The positivity is going to last possibly depending on the results after the, the the Champions League play in qualification games and then we'll see how positive I am after that but nonetheless bro look I'm excited once again to be back here on the Bifiga podcast kicking off another year hopefully we'll you know have a lot more positive things to talk about this year than we did last year but Dave I love you I miss you Alfredo a partner in crime as you know and the rest of you Benfica knuckleheads out there thank you very much for supporting us and tuning in and we're going to try to do something a little bit different this year yeah you know figure I bring my pretty face to the screen near you somewhere um and we're going to try to do you know as many lives as possible we got our engineer extraordinaire uh with us uh oh I'm I mean Bruno Barros I'm sorry bro it's just all habit you know excited to have him back in studio with us he's going to be around a little bit more um this season so uh, very excited. Now, things at Bifica yeah. aren't excited. Not as excited. And, and but, just before we get going, Bruno is actually monitoring our chat. So if you want to post some woo, some questions don't on Don't ask there. him anything we about have, Bifica. We have extra help, so we could he could uh, he could tell us what's going on. Uh, but anyway, let's start at the beginning. I was going to say there's, you know, amongst all this terrible news, there is some positive news. So, I mean, I know you want to get into explaining what's going on, but we have some positive news to report today. We signed big superstar today, yeah. Portuguese national team player. Got him on the free. You know, it's always good when you get players on the free. No, absolutely. Piss off our neighbors. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, let, let's start with the <laughs> with the offseason, uh, right? So uh, we, I think we were all relieved that the, the season was, uh, was ending and we were going to get a fresh start with no COVID. Uh, players got vaccinated, so on and so forth. Uh, so we just, uh, I was really hoping, good start, no more excuses. JJ uh, has finally had time and maybe he's gotten to know the team because according to according to Domingo Suarez Oliveira, the team didn't know him as well as they should and he didn't know the team as well as he should. So maybe now that they got some time to uh, acclimate themselves with each other, uh, I was hoping, I was really hoping for a nice start of the season. Um, in the offseason, uh, Mata Moros, the, the, the lawyer that's uh, that's in Texas, 
uh, put in uh, a complaint in the Portuguese judicial system uh, that he wanted the the elections to be verified, counted, so on and so forth. So it's it's kind of started there, and it it then it, it it unraveled um, little by little. Uh, but uh, players reported to camp, and and quite a quite a a bunch of players reported to camp. But before that, let's talk about um, the players that 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 exited. Dave, you want to do you want to run through that list of the players that exited? Yeah, for sure. Uh, our capitão in the last couple of years, Jardel, is out of uh, contract, so uh, he's no longer with the club. Uh, Pedrinho, uh, player that we just brought in uh, last season, uh, sold to Shakhtar Donetsk for uh, 18 million euro. Uh, Cervi was uh, sold to uh, Celta. Uh, was sold to Celta Vigo for uh, four uh, million. Uh, Kyle Lucas, uh, who has been in the uh, Arabian League last couple of seasons, uh, was also uh, let go to one of the uh, Middle Eastern clubs there, Sh- Shaharja FC. Al Sajita. Oh, yeah. Dave, and you said that almost as well as you do Bolinus. I know. So I don't know if I should be starting my, uh, my Arabian League podcast. Uh, Tiago Dantes loaned out to uh, Tondela. Uh, our boy Nuno Tavares sold to Arsenal. God bless Arsenal for uh, eight million <laughs> euro, and uh, Nuno Santos loaned out to Pash Ferreira. Did you did you also mention David Tavares to Famalicão on a permanent sell? That I forgot. So and uh, and Ebuí at uh, loan at uh, supposedly Venezia. And uh, was he on loan or did I think they he, was on, he was on loan? He was on loan previously, but I think they finally rescinded and he walked. I don't know. I might be wrong, but I thought that's what I, I got yeah. across the board. So. But it, if, if there's anything that Benfica has done this offseason was I'm happy. I'm I'm happy. I'm as happy as I was last preseason when Benfica spent 100 million on players with just the sell of David Tavares. That to me was a win. That that has already made our our preseason or our offseason a success. David you know? or Nunu? Nunu, the you dog lover. David. Yeah, Nunu Tavares. Yeah, it's a David uh, Tavares. Sorry, David. David went to Famalicão. Nunu yeah. went to Arsenal, and Tomas Tavares is um, at camp. Uh, who else is at camp? Chiquinho, Ferro, Paulo Bernardo, Gabriel, Trimaldo, Henrique Araújo, João Ferreira, Weigel, Svilar, Samaris, Pizzi, Samuel Soares, Tiago Gouveia, Tomás Araújo, Krovinovic, Walshmit. Elton Leite, Gilberto, Murat, Vinícius, André Almeida, Lucas Veríssimo, Diogo Gonçalves, Darwin, Rodrigo Pinho, uh, Odisseias, Jetson, Florentino, Gonçalo Ramos, Jota, Tomás Tavares, Tarapte, Rafa, and yet to join the team, Otamendi, Everton, Vertonghen, and Seferovic, which were um, on international duty. So, Cristiano quite a quite a, a list here of of guys and and like you said Joel Mario joined them today but quite a list here of guys well i mean we all expected this um after benfica went out on that shopping spree last season and and obviously uh the, the results on the field weren't what we expected we knew that benfica was going to have to bring back a lot of these guys that were out on loan because there weren't there weren't going to be that many funds available um you know towards this summer like last summer so i'm not surprised but again there's still plenty of time left in preseason here. 
uh, the January transfer window. I mean, January, Jesus Christ, that one's still a long, <laughs> long time away. <laughs> but the summer transfer window is still a couple months left in it. So there's still going to be plenty of movement both in and out. Um, hopefully a lot more quality being brought in than leaving. So, uh, you know, none of this really surprises me. George Jesus is going to have finally is going to have a full preseason with his men. And hopefully, as you said before, the guys get to know him better and he gets to know them a lot better as well. And we all know he's a, you know, pain in the ass as a coach. His systems are, are, you know, very interesting to say the least. And some of these players at times have a tough time adjusting. And hopefully with these, uh, you know, preseason camps and, and, and all these, t- the time spent with these guys, they will be able to get comfortable with them a little bit more. And Benfica, rather than taking off the season on a back foot like we did last year, hopefully we take off, you know, uh, on a full sprint and, uh, you know, start putting up the quality results that we all expected last season to finally come now right from the beginning. Because we know, Dave, very important games coming up to kick off the season champions league qualifiers that's all going to hinge on benfica's success this year those games are imperative that benfica do finally come away and uh you know qualify get into the the group of uh millionarios yeah no that's the the one big objective but uh, so far it's been a pretty quiet uh preseason for benfica and i don't know if it's because there's other matters at hand or, or other more important impactful news but it's been pretty quiet i mean uh benfica's already pl- played four uh friendly games the first one against benfica b in which they lost and at this point of the season nothing really matters uh Kuvlian, they beat two nothing for instance they beat three two and i think today they played bolinch and they lost uh they tied to bolinch uh but look you look at camp and otamendi out Vertonghen out. Uh, Lucas Vrissim is just coming off of uh, of an injury. Uh, so, today I mean, too, when, I when you look at the these lineups that have been been set up by JJ and he's basically been playing a whole team for 45 minutes and uh, another team for another 45 minutes, I mean, I've seen Samaris at, at center back uh, at, at, at certain games. So, yes, there are a lot of players, but perhaps the players that JJ wants – um, to work with or needs more time to work with are not at camp yet. Uh, this Friday, Benfica will play Casapia, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and it will be the first game they'll be aired uh, by BTV. Uh, that, so you'll get to see um, the new team. Um, also new, the new jerseys. What do you guys, uh, Dave, what do you think of the new jerseys, brother? Uh, back to the classic red for the uh, the home kit there. Uh, it's just more of a classic look. You're right. Your regular Benfica red, white stripes on the uh, side there. Nothing too special, but we all know at the end of the day, we'll uh, probably fork out uh, the money for it. I'm, I'm impressed with the uh, away kits, but again, those... Um, those uh, those emblems the, the, on, the, on the front, I'm not a fan of the whatever you call it, without the color on them. I'm not a fan of them. If they had this, the regular colors in the uh, in the emblem there on the, that away kit, I think it'd look much better. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, Dave. I like the return to the to the proper red. Uh, no more of that orange stuff that we saw last season. Bro, i got to tell you something. Go ahead. Now, tell I don't me mean something. To interrupt, but tell me, tell me. As the time's gone on, I started to appreciate that shirt a little bit more. I actually like the it. The orange shirt? I like that. In the black, I, I think it's dope. I think it's a different look. It's obviously not a typical Benfica shirt, but it's different. And you know me, known for the years that you do, you know I'm a different guy. So You're you know, different, I, all right. Yeah, I'm different, all right. So um, 
I think as time goes on, I like it a little bit better. I wasn't originally a fan of it, but as the time's worn out, and especially now, because you haven't haven't watched games, you know, we haven't seen that shirt in our face every single day. And so when I finally get to see someone wearing it, I'm like, oh, that looks dope. And every time I look at mine upstairs in my in my closet, because I got all these hanging up here, but I got a bunch of other shirts, personal stuff that guys give me, whatever, in a totally different closet. And I just happened to go in there the other day and I saw it and I was like, man, I gotta wear this one of these days. Cause I, you know, summertime, but problem is that my gut is not collaborating with the shirt. So, you know, it's going to have to be put on hold. So maybe when my gut finally collaborates, it's going to be one of those retros. <laughs> uh, no, it, I like I like the colors. Uh, the, the boys over at uh, Benfica Independent did an unboxing of the, the new jersey. So go over to that channel and check that out. I like the colors. I like the white. As you can see, I'm wearing a white, but it's from a, a different year. Uh, this one, I, I like the white. Um, I like the detail on the sleeves. Uh, it's red, white, and black stripe. Uh, on the back, it says 1904, uh, SL Benfica 1904, which is a pretty nice detail. Um, I like the jerseys, man. I can't I can't wait to get my hands on them. Of course, if you live here in the United States, there's all these loop, hoops that you got to jump through to just to get uh, something here and and pay more nah, for, for me and Bruno. We got the hookup three days seventy. We got them quicker than the people in Portugal. Yeah, last but how year. much do you pay for the shipping? Nothing. Freebie. It was free shipping after one forty nine. I mean, come on. Now the reason why I, I mean, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to name drop you know that cool or anything like that, but. The reason why I haven't gotten mine is because I'm, I'm trying to see if my boy Adele finally steps up. He's supposed to give me his last year. I'm trying to see if Adele finally does the right thing. I think maybe he's and, just trying to see if your gut will cooperate. He could always give me a large. I mean, his gut, it depends. If he gives me a shirt from a few seasons ago, his gut and my gut might be similar. But now, if it's the new and rejuvenated Adele that opt, obviously, that's going to be a little tight. But nowadays, the tight stuff is in, right? But the ambiguous you can tell the stuff. You can tell yeah, the ambiguous and everything. What do they call that player issue, right? Player issue. Uh, this must and be they, a Canadian thing, Dave. No, you go you go in classic football and you get the player issue kits, and they're the skin tight. Oh, kits. player! Oh, I see what you say. Yeah, yeah, them skin. Yeah, yeah. You know what I hate? I used to hate those those copper ones. Remember, like I think what like fourteen. They, pum- they used to have the ones that were like skin super tight with tight. pumas too. Oh, man, I hated I hated them things. I hated them things. Yeah, but anyway, but yeah, um, nonetheless. So as I mentioned, preseason has been pretty quiet with. With the exception of this whole Krovinovic thing, which I don't think is is much of a much of a, a subject, but yeah, the Krovinovic. I think he got played. Was was uh, <laughs> yeah. He, he sent dirty. a message to what I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was another player. I don't know if it was his personal friend, but it just so I think happens he made a mistake and sent it to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he made a mistake and, and sent it to uh, a reporter or something. I I don't know, but the the whole thing was. Uh, was leaked obviously and it, i don't know if you've heard it but basically he's saying well i was we had a we had a, a friendly game and uh can you believe that i didn't i didn't play and uh the assistant coach went to to jj and said hey uh what about krovinovic i'll let him stay over there just in case somebody gets hurt and i didn't play and he said Fuck, what was man, wrong with that this son of a bitch. what was wrong with that, that? The, there was well, nothing honestly, wrong. There was the nothing coach says, wrong. Yo, I don't need him to play. If somebody gets hurt, he plays. What's I mean? What, what's wrong Absolutely. with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I think that a lot of players have that venting uh, to other players or to their friends or to their girlfriends, whatever. It just so happened that this one came to public. So as it turns out, Benfica has uh, as disciplined Krovinovic and and he's been suspended. He's not uh, training with the 
with the main team. Uh, I don't think that JJ had even any plans to keep Krovinovic. And then again, you're looking at a guy uh, that has spent the past couple seasons in in England, uh, hasn't really asserted himself. So, I mean, if you don't assert yourself in England, even at the championship level, do you have the quality it's, caliber it's a, for Benfica? It's a delicate situation. It really is because if you look, as you mentioned, I mean, I'd say 30%, if not more, of the guys that you mentioned, they were all part today, uh, taking part in preseason training camp with Benfica. 30% of those guys, I think they're going to be gone at some point. And with all these questions surrounding the club and who's in charge, who's not in charge, are they going to be able to guarantee themselves some things financially? And the, there's just so many questions. And it's going to be very difficult to move so many guys, and especially when you have, you you know, Rui Costa, who's supposed to be the director sportivo, right? And in, in, in other words, I know he got promoted to vice president, yada, yada, yada. But these uh, vice, well, no, prior, before. I'm before, yeah. yeah. He, you know, and, and he was the guy that was technically supposed to, you know, work on player, you know, with players, bringing them in, bringing them out, whatever. And now it's just, it's just so many questions to be answered. I wonder if they're going to have the time, right? And I know it sounds stupid. But the time or, or the people, the right people in place to handle such a, a, a difficult offseason in terms of, you know, just having to find a place to, to for these guys. At the end of the day, you can't just throw all these guys onto your B team. A lot of them don't want to stay and play in the second yeah, division. There's a lot of there's a lot of young kids that that will eventually end up in the B team. I, I you doubt think about that a guy like Krovinovic. You think he's going to play on a B team? Sure, he's going to play I, on a B team until a championship team will will tell Benfica, we, yeah, we want to loan him out. We'll play, we'll pay his his wages, and he'll go to the championship again. Uh, I think that Krovinovic is a lot better uh, than the B team or Portuguese Portugal second division. And then there's that thing with Benfica where you limited to the amount of players that you could loan out three, to other, three now. to other, uh, Liga Nosh teams. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the workaround that Benfica has been doing is sell the player, keep like 50% or 75% of 50. their rights, and yeah. then have also the right of first refusal and then bring the player back. So that's the loophole that Benfica has found. Not Benfica, uh, all Portuguese clubs yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. They all do that. But, uh, you know, I, I, we see, you know, I'm more aware of what Benfica is doing than other teams. But anyway, it's a lot of players. And and uh, Michael Biondi is asking us about João Mario. And Dave, let's, let's talk about the guys that came in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Michael Biondi uh, wants to know about João Mario. Uh, has been uh, lo was loaned out to Sporting last uh, season. Made 34 appearances, 28 starts, and two goals uh, scored. But since being signed by Inter in the summer of 2016, uh, only made 69 appearances for Inter with three loan spells between uh, West Ham, Lokomotiv, uh, Moscow, and uh, Sporting before being released. Yeah. What about the other two guys, Dave? Uh, Gilles Diaz coming in from uh, Monaco, uh, spent last season of, at long, on loan at Familico. Made My hometown, baby. My hometown. Gafanga, right? That's right. Uh, He's the second most famous Benfiquista after me. Oh, no, I'm joking. Nobody knows who the hell I am. <laughs> You're not the mayor of Gafanga? <laughs> there's there's like seven of them, so <laughs> it depends who you ask. He's uh, the mayor, but he kind of he, he's in troubles with the law, so he suspended I'm himself from being the late, the mayor. Yeah, I'm taking my he, talent style shit. <laughs> he fits right in then if he's a mayor. Uh, back to Gil Diaz here. Thirty three appearances, twenty eight starts, uh, two goals scored last season. Uh, 
former wonder kid. You'd love to have him on your football manager a couple of years ago with uh, so much potential there, but uh, signed with Monaco back in 2015, made only 15 appearances with the senior squad and uh, numerous loan spells as well with Verzin, Riwa, Fiorentina, Nottingham Forest, Olympiacos, Granada, and last season with Famalicão. So like I said, still only 24, but uh, was a, definitely a wonder kid uh, years past. And the, uh, the other guy that uh, we brought in, Rodrigo Pinho, which uh, we spoke about in previous podcasts last season, but uh, last season, 21 appearance for Maritimu, uh, 15 starts, 15 goals, uh, play, experienced striker who's played in the Portuguese league since uh, 2015. Yeah, so um, let, let's start with these guys, right? So Rodrigo Pinho has, has had some success at Maritimu. Um, this whole thing really is... He's already 30 years old, I believe, right? Is that what you said, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, he's 30 years old. Benfica has given him a contract of four years to 2026. As a matter of fact, they, he, Benfica gave all three guys that, that have signed the four-year contract. Rodrigo Pino is a guy that I have my doubts on it. Granted that he played at Maritimo, and Maritimo wasn't really an attacking team, and, and perhaps he did a lot more defending than he was supposed to, so he didn't really showcase his talents, but... I'm a little suspect in terms of what he could add to this team, especially if we only play with one forward. Um, I don't know what you think, Cristiano. I know you probably haven't seen him much played against Maritim. He did he did score against Benfica. Uh, I think it was a, the season before last. My year. thing on, on on Rodrigo Pinho is it's it's very simple. It comes down to this. I totally 100% agreed with Benfica signing him last January because I thought Benfica was in dire need of another guy up top. Darwin was in shambles, right? The only guy we, we could really count on at the time was Svetovic. You had Gonzalo Ramos who, you know, whatever, hadn't really taken advantage of the very few opportunities. And then when he finally started, was towards the end of the season, right? So I thought Benfica at that time needed another striker to come in and not just to compete, but also to support and be another yeah. option. To add to right? depth. Exactly. To add to the, to the, to the team depth. And I was a big fan of his, like as far as I thought at the time, a very cheap acquisition. And I thought it could have solved maybe a couple of problems because Benfica was still in Atasa. Portugal was still in Atasa. The Cerveja was still in a couple of different competitions. I thought you could have given him the minutes to get Sferoviks and the Darwins, right, to get Darwin healthy. And then obviously Darwin was out for, for a long period of time. But to get the Sferoviks of the world a little bit more, 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 you know, uh, fresh legs and stuff for, for the for the upcoming tough games ahead. Um, but that was then. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, okay, uh, you know, unless, and I do believe that there's a possibility that Sferovic does leave, right? But even if he does leave, is really Rodrigo Pinho going to be your number one guy up top? I, I don't think so. I know Vinicius is back. And yeah. I, I like, look, and, and I know I've, I, I, I killed him. Not killed him, but I wasn't his biggest fan. Um, the one year spent with me, if you give me the, even though he led the, the league in goals, but I, I now I see it totally different. I think he, he'd be welcome to this club. I think you know he's a guy that could definitely help Benfica up top. You got Darwin, who will be healthy at some point in the middle of September, hopefully. Gonzalo Ramos has proved that he could, you know, deserves a little bit more time. All right, and you like to give a kid like that a little bit or more of an opportunity in order to develop, um, and see what you really got in this type of player. And so I don't really see the space for a guy like Pinho. And then there's so many other rumors out there with so many other guys coming in, right? Um, and, and it just seems like they're all strikers. <laughs> so, look, something's got to give. Sferovic is probably going to be gone. 
you know, I still don't believe that Vinicius is going to be on this roster come the end of the transfer window. I think he's going to be there um, for the Champions League qualifiers for 100%. But after that, I think we all know George Mendes is involved. Your mother might not, might not be safe. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I still think that there's a lot of turnover. But regarding Pino, I just, I just, I think right now at this point, um, I don't see what he, you know, why you even add him to the team on a four-year deal. You want to give that guy a two-year deal, whatever works out great well, for. Yeah, thirty years old, year, give him a two, year, give him a two years. And he just had knee surgery too, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he, he, he not knee surgery, but he he was out for for a little bit. Um, the also. Darwin, as you mentioned, is that till September he had to go, he had to undergo uh, knee uh, art, arthroscopy. Darwin? Darwin, sorry. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Who did I say? I don't know. I'm I asking said, you because I, I was paying attention. Yeah. I'm like, Darwin, no, he, yeah. had, he had the arthroscopy. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and then uh, Jean Guillermo also said that uh, Benfica was looking at the Ukrainian guy, Yer, yes. Yermolenko. Um, I'll take him on the team. But again, you only got rooms for so many guys. Yeah. And, and then when you look at the system that JJ wants to play with, uh, how many forwards are we going to be carrying? And I understand COVID's still around and this and that, and it's going to be a long season. Uh, but really, I mean, you're just blocking uh, somebody. Gonzalo Ramos, somebody said that, somebody asked uh, here on the chat if um, if Gonzalo Ramos was going to get uh, some playing time. I don't know. It, it all depends. I, I'm hoping that what, what Severovic did um, in the Euros, that somebody will come and pick him up for, for good money. I would welcome that. I'm um, not the biggest fan of Seferovic. I think that he can run uh, hot and cold, most of it cold. Uh, and I think that if we sell him for $20 million, I think it would be great, especially because we need to make money. Well, the question is that Benfica learned their lesson. When he scored 31 goals, I think that was the time to ship him. And they did it. Now he had a really good Euro. You know, his mark is probably hasn't been as high as that season when he scored 31. Did Benfica learn from their mistakes? I think well, 25 mil, anything over 25 mil, I would take. Take uh, him to the airport. Uh, listen, I think we like to beat for 25 on 25 mil. I think we like to beat on that guy. Yeah, we bought a guy for 25 mil that 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 when he scored, people were crying because it's like a miracle. Finally, he cried. oh my god, he scored. <laughs> no, it was, it was Darwin that was crying last year when he was scoring. It was that's Darwin. What that's what he meant. <laughs> yeah, there's people crying, and you know what I mean. Getting sentimental over a guy that was worth 25 million. Come on, for Christ's sake! Look, I would sell him too, but I think he's the easy, he's the the patine feu that everybody likes to beat on. Yeah, um, Gildias. To me, I, I mean, it's it's one of the, Cristiano's just excited for him because he's from his hometown. In and then Portugal. his agent's my cousin. Um, so, yeah, so he's uh, he's excited about him. I, I don't know. It could be a utility player. He could be a player that uh, that JJ maybe converts to a left back. The like, problem like I got done with so many. The problem I got with Azul is, is that I heard that JJ intends to play him a left back. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, hey, hey. but then again, I mean, could he be worse defensively than what Grimaldo is? Probably not. <laughs> Probably Yo, not. Let's be honest. You think Gil Diaz playing left back is worse than Nun Tavar? <laughs> no. <laughs> Arsenal we're, might come by him next well, season too. Yeah, we'll be at Arsenal, Arsenal said we got the wrong guy. Uh, but anyway, uh, in terms of what our latest acquisition has been, uh, João Mario, uh, which we we signed today. So apparently, Benfica had offered seven point five million to uh, to Inter. Uh, I don't know. 
Benfica had offered uh, 7.5 million to Inter. Inter wanted more money. Sporting didn't want to offer enough, even though Sporting had the right of first, first refusal or or had to match the offer. Blah 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 blah. Apparently, there's a anti-rival clause uh, that Inter signed that Jean Mario cannot be uh, playing for Benfica or Porto. So the the workaround <laughs> is nothing but trafulis. The workaround that was Jean Mario just rescinded his contract with Inter um, and he was free to sign with Benfica. So out of a contract, he's no longer obligated or Inter's no longer obligated to pay that clause to Sporting. Uh, but now Sporting is saying that they will be putting that, they will be taking that to courts. Uh, but anyway. Uh, Inter came down with the whipping stick. I was like, yo, don't be dirtying our name. Yeah. yeah. We, they, I saw how fast they yo, communicated. They, didn't, what, they call it the bidon, the bidon, like Quaresma wanted. They give an award out. Where they they, they they actually the media they chase guys down. Quaresma got it as he was stopped at a red yeah. light. They get it's the bidon. I forget what it's called. It's like a bin, like a metal bin. Yeah, it's the, the award the, for the being word, the worst, worst player. I'm pretty sure Romani won those a couple of years. So I think I think I, I think Inter probably gave no, Benfica seven point five to take him. But not seriously. What what do you, what are your thoughts on on Romani? About what I think about Romani, I think Romani is one of those players that no fas nada bien y no fas nada mal. So he's an Andre Almeida. You know, you don't notice that guy at the end of the game. But no, all jokes aside, um, look, last year we had a similar situation where a guy who had that future clause and yada, yada, yada in his contract, former Benfica player Nuno Sunset Riwab, went to Sporting. And a lot of Benficistas didn't really care much about that transfer, right? Benfica apparently said, look, we're not going to apply the clause, yada, yada, yada. We're good. Um and the guy turned around and he became a he, look. I don't want to say he was the reason why Sporting won the championship, but he was a big part of it. You know, he had some crucial goals, he had some big moments for the club, and he helped Sporting finally win their first title in 53 years. Um, and so I think a lot of people are kind of looking at Joao Mario the same way. They don't really care that he's gone to Benfica. Then again, Sporting Easters, anything to do with Benfica, obviously, you know, they 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 you know they go crazy. But a lot of Benfica Easters probably aren't paying attention to this signature. But at the end of the day, he could be a crucial guy because if he's going to come in and he's going to play in the JJ system, JJ knows him well. His best season was was when he played under JJ at Sporting. Um, he knows JJ well. He knows what JJ asks of a player that plays this position. So, I mean, I think at the end of the year, if we're sitting here a year from now, we're comparing um, his signature to the Nunu Santos to Sporting, where a lot of people maybe didn't pay too much attention to him. They didn't think that he was going to add that much quality to the roster. And, he did. and then ultimately he's had some big moments and he helped us along the way to conquer, you know, it, to conquer the, the title. I think we'll all be here on the Bayfica podcast once yeah. again singing his praises. To me, the, the the most encouraging thing about Joe Mario is that he, he understands um, JJ and JJ has uh, has worked with him and he's really had good years under JJ when JJ was at Sporting. So I'm encouraged about that. The other thing is that uh, we really don't have a player like uh, like Joe Mario right now. Um, we are Tarapt, but Tarapt can't defend. Uh, I think that Apt is a little bit more creative and more adventurous with the ball than João Mario, but I think João Mario uh, brings a lot of uh, consistency, if you want to, if you want to call it, to the midfield. Uh, he's a good passer of the ball. Uh, he's not a long-range passer of the ball. He's a guy that holds the ball well. He's a guy that reads the game well. I think that he could be somebody that's going to fit well within this system that JJ is is trying to devise. Obviously, you need to have a guy um, 
that is going to be that defensive anchor. And I don't know if Weigel uh, is going to be that player, uh, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm excited about Dromadi, to be honest with you. And and I know Cristiano is you? not so, so hot about him, but I think that he's the one guy that eight that we kind of been hoping that we have mm. and that we haven't had. The you can also he be deployed on the right wing. The only thing he does, but that's where he played for Ruben, uh, Ruben Amri. The only thing that I see that he potentially does better than, than my boy Adel Terat is, you know, we talked about last year where there was you, there were those spurts in the game. There was huge gaps. There was nobody really carrying the ball upfield. There wasn't that link of play. And I think he could do that. Yeah. That's about it. Um, Jomari is a guy that doesn't have a lot of goals in him. He's a guy that does. I mean, again, I don't want to be critical of his because he could turn around and have a good game. Then he could be quiet for a few games. But again, I, I think the best compliment that I could give a guy like Jomari is, is, is simple. He doesn't do anything bad, just like he doesn't do anything extraordinary. So um, he's a very consistent player, you know, very safe, always, you know, picks out a pass. He's not a guy that's going to take many risks. And I guess ultimately you're going to need. Um, those types of players on the field when you have, you know, the Darwins of the world, even Tarapta when they're on the field together. Um, those guys that like to take chances, you know, Everton, a guy who's going to like to take players one-on-one. It's good to have a guy that's more sure with his passes, I guess, in the end. So, look, I'm not I'm not totally against it. At that price, even though he rescinded, we know he's probably going to have to pay him back with the signing bonus if he's going to give him, yada, yada, yada. But even if he got to pay 7.5 mil, I don't think it's the worst Signing. I mean, when you consider, if you can spend $25 million on a second division striker, I think Joel Mari for seven and a half is a good deal. Yeah. Dave, thoughts on uh, on Joel Mari? Uh, I think I'll let the jury still be out on it. I'm not going to criticize him for coming from a rival. I think we did that last year with Otamendi, and he was uh, quick to shut us uh, up, the ones that uh, – that were against that, or I thought if he had any still ties to Porto. So I'll give uh, João Mario the benefit of the doubt. And uh, like you said, he's got that history with JJ. So um, still only 20, 28, 29 too. So he's not, yeah, yeah, not, uh, not that old uh, either. And I think for the Portuguese league, he'll, uh, he'll do his job and we'll shore up that midfield. Yeah, um, I like uh, Sergio's comment. William Carvalho, Jean Mario Middle, and watch the lag Zeds explode. Yeah, that'll be great. Except uh, if we signed William right now, he wouldn't arrive until the winter window. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's that's the only three guys that we've signed so far. So after uh, after last year's extravaganza of a hundred million and 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 seeing um, how we spent money, and we all kind of told you guys. Um, or, or we told you how we felt about what had happened with, um, with you know, with the elections and everything. And uh, so we kind of knew that all that spending, it wasn't to put together a team to win the Champions League or to be competitive in the Champions League. It was to appease the fans because obviously now that we see everything that's gone on with Leash Lee Fiera and understanding that he needed to protect himself with another four years of, of the presidency, um, he went on all out, brought JJ back, signed big, big name players uh, that didn't have the impact that we expected him to have. Um, but uh, this year, Benfica has been quiet. And again, COVID 
uh, no fans in the stadium. There was a lot of money that was lost last year in terms of gate revenue. So I understand uh, the fact that Benfica now is is being a little bit more timid uh, in the market. And again, it's it. I think it's going to depend a lot on on who goes out. Um, but I, I think that uh, maybe JJ needs a couple more guys here and there. But uh, the amount of people that are already at camp, I don't. I don't know. I don't. He's gonna have to figure out. Uh, figure Look, out. Look, uh, the fact of the matter is, we all know that last year's midfield didn't work. And as much as you know, I like Adele, and as much as you guys like to hit on Adele, right? It's just it wasn't a fit. Um, I still expect Benfica to, at some point to bring in Al, Al Muzrati from Braga. I think that'll be an exceptional, exceptional signing. Uh, unfortunately for you Vigo fans, I think if a Muzerati comes in, it most likely means that Vigo will be on his way out. But I think you put in a defensive guy and a motor and a tractor, like, you know, with the aggressiveness of a Muzerati. You put a guy that's disciplined in the middle of the field, like a João Mario. And again, as much as I like Adele Terap, I think that is a huge improvement. And I think Benfica needs to shore up the middle of the pitch, that spine, it's important. Any successful team is going to have the spine of the team is going to be very strong. And I think they need to shore up the middle of the park because last year was way too inconsistent. Uh, Benfica went, I mean, you guys remember as well as I do, uh, they, they went for like, what, a month and a half, whatever it was, two months that you knew every single game was like, yo, put up two goals. That's it. Benfica's giving up two today. And so until they, you know, they, they tighten things up in the back, um, it, it was ugly. And I don't think they want to relive that once again. So, again, you bring in a guy like João Mario, who's very consistent, uh, very disciplined in the middle, surely going to help. And maybe, you know, it, it frees up the guys like Everton, the skillful guys to, 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 to you know, ply their trade a little bit better, to go ahead and, and play with the Jinga that these guys are accustomed to playing with. And it frees up these guys to be a little bit more like themselves. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and hey, look, it's not a sexy signing. It, 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 we haven't gotten a sexy signing yet. The only sexy sign we got the guy from right, Gafanya. But you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, you know, as far as that sizzle that we're looking for, and you know, in the big contratações, we haven't gotten it yet. But João Mario could turn around and be that guy. Look, let's not forget, this is a guy that was a part of the Portuguese national team. This is a guy that Inter Milan splashed some serious cash on. So, at some point. He didn't fool just Lagartos. He had to fool others as well to think that he was, you know, some you know quality player. And so hopefully being with a familiar coach um, in JJ, uh, we'll get the best out of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Robert Fernandes. Uh, yeah. Muzrati has been has been mentioned for a while. And I, I do. Th- I agree with you. And I, I did read the same that Benfica was trying to lower his price by sending uh, Chiquinho and uh, João Ferreira. Up to uh, Braga in exchange for almost ready and some ca- and some cash, obviously along some with cod. those players. Look at some, some cash, <laughs> some cash. Um, but yeah, and the other one that, that that I read today is Diego Costa, maybe. But that's been something that's uh, you know that's been spoken about in a little bit. I don't know how much of that is true or not. But uh, uh, Christian, how do you feel about Diego Costa? I, I look, I, I told you today when we spoke about this in the group chat, I would fly out to Portugal pay top dollar to sit anywhere near like if I could be on a bench even better like that you could hear the players what they're saying in and out but I'd pay top dollar to see that first matchup between Pepe and Diego because <laughs> that, that, that'd be worth the price of admission right there because one guy chewing the other guy's ears the other guy stomping on a chair it'd be I think that'd be very entertaining yeah 
Um, in term, Nelson uh, Nelson Carvalho asks, uh, "What's our starting 11? And uh, I think it's a little a little bit early um, to, to premature ejaculation. It's a little bit early to to even say that. And and I think that it, it's going to depend a lot on on how JJ is going to line up. Is he going to is JJ still going to be there at the end of September? By the time the president gets alive, we don't know. We don't look. He is calling the president every day. You know? That's that's what they're saying. Isn't the president? Isn't the president He's banned? President from, suspended. President. Isn't the president suspended from you know or, or like you know prohibited from being in contact with anybody? Isn't he violating some type of law? We don't. I mean. <laughs> Well, we he's still got. He's got to give the tactics to JJ because the JJ doesn't know. So the starting eleven is going to depend a lot on the system. So we saw the three three men set up, uh, three defenders set up. Uh, we've also seen the the four four two. See, I think with a draw, Mario, it would allow. It's going to allow you to play with the three. But here's the thing. But then that's you don't have what you don't. Out. You don't have Otamendi. You don't have Vertonghen. Uh, Lucas Verissim uh, is slowly getting into fitness because he was when he started camp, he was in the in the train in the trainer's room. He wasn't available right away. And the other kid, uh, Raouj, who was a center back, is also and, injured. And Ferro's there also, but okay. I don't know if he if he rates Ferro. But <laughs> he here's the thing: you got three of your main center backs that JJ counted on that are not going to be readily available to start the season at a hundred percent. Okay, but let's say they are. But I mean, I do believe they are. I mean, right, we're, we're are. still a month away from playing an official game, right? I think so. My, okay, it's a couple of weeks. But now here's here's my question. Let's just say that all three guys come in frischkings, right? Yeah. And JJ opts for a three-four-three like he did last season, right? Who's your fourth center back? Jardel is gone. I mean, you think Benfica is going to have? I do, but I'm asking you. Well, guys. you you got Benfica, you got Murat, you got Ferro. Are you? You, I mean, again, if you if you're going with three center backs, you gotta carry at least five. Yeah, yeah, but you need another surefire center back, a guy that you can rely on, because you know, first of but, all, but you got a surefire as a starter. A guy in that in your mind, no, a guy that could that could substitute for any other guy, and you don't skip a beat. Because that's right now we don't have one. Your backup, normally, even if you play two center backs, you have a third center back that you could throw in there at any time with all comfortable, you know, and, and never that guy and would, that be have, would be. That's in a two, but I'm just saying in the three, you go, he goes back to his three, four, three. Right. Right now, you're in trouble. I think Benfica is going to have to go out and get another center back. I don't know, man. You, when you, tr- you, when you, you trust have, Muratu? When you have Ferro. Oh, for one game, you see Ferro. No, when you have Ferro and Muratu. Right, and I know that combine the two look, of them, you don't get a. <laughs> come on, Alfredo. I, I don't think that a player stops knowing how to play football. Right, mm-hmm. when Laj took over and Ferwin Diaz were the two center back pairing two years ago. Right, I thought at times that Ferro was better than Diaz yes. in terms of the passing he, ability, he was. in terms With the of the composure. Feet, he was without a doubt. Without a he doubt, he got stricken by a. Confidence blow. Okay. He lost all his confidence, uh-huh. and all of a sudden, he was no longer a viable option. And, and then, wait, but then the guy has a change of scenery, and he plays the first game, and then disappears. Doesn't make another appearance right. for the club. He, he goes to Valencia. He plays he against, against Barca, Real, Madrid, Real, Madrid. Real Madrid. And then it was like, okay, ciao, Laura. You never seen him. Again, look, look, and I'm not trying to sit here and, and, and you know, poo-poo on, on a ferro, because I like, I look, as you said, at one point, we thought this dude was legit, legit, right? Yeah. And he was. You know, he represented himself well. Where are you get his but mojo he, back? He has, brother, you are being a fanatic. 
I mean, I hope I'm you're not right. I'm just saying. But that, that shit don't work but like I, that. I don't think he's the type of center back that J.J. likes. That, and that's the thing. Here we go. We're all trying to point the fingers at J.J. That's why I mentioned not, Valencia. But at the end of the day, Federal lost his count. Whether you call it loser, his count, whatever. Federal is not the same player. And it's we're going on a year now. And not even a year, because if you recall, more than a year, more than a year because it, when 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 Lodge, when the wheels fell off the wagon, he was atrocious for Lodge. The first six months, he was terrific. Then the second after that, this December turnaround where Benfica just started losing game after game after game after game. Ferro was a shell of himself. So it's been a year and a half since we've seen that player. Now, Alfredo, I'm sorry. It is very naive whether you're Rui Costa, Jorge Jesus, Bruno Braz, whatever his name, Braz, Ricardo Braz. What's his name? Braz, the new guy that came in. Bacalhau Abraz. Whatever, the guy. Whatever. Whoever is making these decisions for Benfica today, it's naive of, of any one of them to think that, bro, by the snap of a finger, you're going to get the same player back. It's just not going to happen. The odds of it are more on the side of Ferro not regaining that confidence, not regaining you know the, the ability to play as he did before than, than it is on him actually getting it. And then Muratu. I'm not sure. I mean, he played a good what? Half hour? What? I think he played the whole game, actually, right? Again, 90 minutes. Yeah, against, he played against the whole Guimarães, game and then, he, yeah. Against Guimarães. And then when Guimarães started really pressuring us, we got, you know, we I, we won the. I just, I just think I that just, if you go going to invest money and what we know from Benfica, the priority is not going to be on a center back. Because there's no market for be. a center back. Benfica be. buys. To sell well, if you really the want, same way that we haven't invested really, on a good right back for years. If you really want to get into it, this is why I didn't understand. And I know a lot of people disagree, but that's fine. You know me. I don't care because I got my my own ideas. But I, it didn't make no sense that we figured they didn't go after the kid Fabio Cardoso. Because I think he would have he's, he's good enough to play yes. in the Portuguese league. I agree with you. He's better than Morat today. I don't know what it's going to be next year. But, but today, he's better than Morat. He's better than Ferro. And he would have been a guy that would have been content. Was sitting as the fourth center back as a backup and playing the few minutes that he was going to get the opportunity when when an Otamendi is not available, Verissimo, Vertonghen, and he's good enough in the Tuga League to play those minutes. Now, if you're talking about going with him into the Champions League, yeah, I still think he's adequate. He, he still do the job, but I'd have a lot more confidence in a guy like that. It was going to cost you two and a half mil. The amount that the president supposedly stole from the club, you could have gotten yourself a Fabio Cardozo. <laughs> All right. And you, right now you wouldn't have these questions about who's going to be your fourth center back because I'm like to you guys, mas ainda mais that is huge. That's huge. Mas ainda mais That's huge. Because if a priority had been a center back, Benfica would have jumped at Cardozo and Cardozo with two offers, one from Benfica and Porto. He, he prefers to, to go to Benfica because the priority is not in center back. And because Benfica says we got to put our money elsewhere other than the center back, because we're deep, albeit not in the quality that we need. Um, they, they would have gone out uh, and, and gotten a center back. They would have paid Cardozo because as you said, cheap to get right. And a quality guy that's ahead of Ferro, and that's only perhaps a step below Vertonghen, if not at the same level of Vertonghen. But to me, it made absolutely no sense why Benfica didn't go after one of their own. And I still think, and, and at the end of the day, it's a position that needs strengthening because I have no confidence that, again, <laughs> Moratu is ready. Look, I'm not saying he's not going to be ready at some point. And the problem is he needs to play in order to get to that level if he's ever going to get to that level. But right now, I can't go into this season counting on Ferro 
and Moratu as my backup options. When I got two 33 or 34 year olds starting as my center backs, you know, Verissimo, who's only been here for six months, but he's been hurt. It seems like he's picking up injuries left and right. Might be a little bit injury prone. I don't want to be unfair to the guy. I'm just pointing out a fact. So it, it, it looks more than likely you're going to have to play one of these kids at some point because you have so many question marks back there and they're not ready. Imagine you're telling me you got a guy who's lost confidence in a, in a ferro when you played under a coach that did nothing but give youngsters confidence in the Brunelage. Imagine him getting chewed out by JJ. The whole game. I mean, the guy's going to dig a hole on the floor and, and bury himself. <laughs> Right in the middle of the field as the game's going on. Yeah, but that's you see him over there digging in. Like, yo, what are you doing? Like, I want to get away from this cabron. You know what I mean? Him and Krovinovich, they'll be helping each other out, digging a hole. Uh, but, dude, for real, all jokes aside, you can't really tell me that you're confident right now. With I think Benfica is going to have – and, again, Fabi Cardozo would have been a perfect guy, a guy that would have been concerned. I agree with you. So I think they're going to have to go But it just shows me that the, the priority is not a center back because they get a state, uh, they could have stayed in Portugal you're, you're being, and grabbed Fabi Cardozo. fair. Sometimes it's, it's the, 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 their ineptitude. Yeah. You're calling it – it's not a – I call it ineptitude. I think sometimes o Chico esperto pensa que é mais esperto que o Chico, mas a realidade o Chico é mais esperto que ele. You know what I'm saying? It's like that. What do you think, Bruno? Cristiano, if you got a dollar and you could buy dois pop six instead of buying a pop six and it'd be funner, you buy dois pop six no. because you could eat one today and one tomorrow no, and not go hungry tomorrow. No, 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 because I, well, but I could do that because I could eat the pop six now and eat the be funner later. Don't forget. <laughs> That's not, it, I don't know. That, that was a joke that it, it was. Maybe it, then, that it wasn't was, a good was, analogy. No, no, it was, it was a player. That was the question from, was it Baggio Maradona? I forget. Was it, I, I know where you're referring. And the question was, if you could buy, if you, oh, Zizu. Might have been Zizu. I forget. If you could have two hamburgers or you could have a pizza, who would you get? And the answer was everybody saying pizza. And I, it was a big time player. And he goes, no, I'd get two hamburgers because could I have one today and have another one tomorrow for a meal. It, it was a might have been Fernando Alonso. You can, you can it, was have the pizza? it was Fernando Alonso. And you can have a pizza. You can a have a pizza, pizza for eight days. A slice of pizza. I don't know. But it was the Fernando, it was Fernando Alonso, the Formula One driver. He said that. That I knew that 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 made sense. Uh, Fernando Alonso said I'd get I get both hamburgers yeah. because it could have two different meals. Chico Marcelino. Chico, it's been a while, man. Uh, good, good, see, good seeing you, man. Uh, he says, you guys, you guys think Florentino is ready to start for Benfica? I, I think he's ready to start. I just don't think he's JJ's player. I don't know what Benfica is going to do with this many center backs. I, I to be think, honest, I mean center mids. I, I think to be I, honest I with you, I think Florentino is ready to start at Tondela. <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? Yo, I'm sorry. No, look, I like I like Florentino, and um, I, I I want Florentino on the roster, but I'll be a hundred percent more comfortable with Al Murzurati coming in, being my starter, and having Florentino on the wings, learning from a guy like that, and, you know, playing all those other minutes in those games that, you know, the backups play, and let the kid develop. I do think there's a player there, but right now he lacks the pass forward. He lacks what J.J. like. Look, it's important to get the ball, and he's tremendous. He is tremendous at that. That's one thing I tip my cap to him. He always, he's like, you know, what they call the tentacles of an octopus. Octopus. The dude's everywhere. Tremendous at recuperating balls. But sometimes when you get that ball and you can spring off for a counterattack and, you know, he'll go sideways. And I think that's the part of his game that he's lacking. 
And you want to call it a JJ thing, but I don't know who the hell who the hell the head coach was at Monaco. But apparently, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a Monaco thing either because he didn't get a lot of burn. So I think he has yeah. to develop that aspect of his game. And so playing with a guy <laughs> as a Muzrati with that intensity, that aggressiveness, would actually I think trickle down and and it would be good to you know to to learn from a veteran like that. And I think it, it it would do uh Shikin oh Shikin you it do uh, Florentino a lot of justice. I think it do it'd be yeah. great for him. All of that uh, to really, uh, we didn't even answer the question. What's our starting eleven? And we went on a on a rent. We went on a on a. We couldn't even come up with the formation. Track. Yeah, we can. Yeah, it, it's really going to depend on that formation. Um, I think that, uh, um, and then Guy was also asking if we see Svilar starting. I think that that. That number one. Uh, oh no, it's for the, the the number the number one uh, position. I think it's going to be Elton Late. I think that. Oh, that Svilar in Svilar Svilar in the last year of contract. Bifika has to be very careful uh, if they want to keep Svilar. He doesn't want to resign because uh, if Svilar news, don't let nobody know. If Svilar doesn't um, doesn't get some some decent playing time, um, he's just gonna go. Like Cristiano said, he's not gonna sign. Um, maybe Odysseus will will go before uh, the winter. I mean the look. Transfer oh, says is another player, as I mentioned before, with so much uncertainty in the you know infrastructure of Benfica and so many players having to go out. It's going to be a lot of questions to be answered. And I think a guy like that, uh, 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 uh Dimos, is a guy that I think he's going to want to be out, especially if he's going to sit behind Elton Leighton. I do believe that Elton Leighton today deserves, based on what we saw from him last year, he deserves to come back as the number one. And so I, I think he's want to he's going to want to go out. And there's just so many questions, man. I hope that the stability at the club, I, I know it's not going to happen overnight, but we need to at least, you know, get that part of, of the infrastructure correct, getting it straightened out because it's important to uh, bring in players and let players go out because we have a very important season ahead of us, you know, as everybody mentioned. And I think in the Comunicado today, they mentioned the one on the list of things they wanted to do is qualify for the Champions League. You know, obviously, uh, you know, a blind person could have seen that one coming. But, uh, you know, it's important. And, and the Blanco Dimos is a guy that fits that list of, you know, he's a starter. So if he's if he's gone, do you promote Svilar to number two? Do you have to go out and get another goalie? You know, and so there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Yeah. And, and hopefully and uh, as the these knuckleheads straighten it out. Yeah, as the preseason progresses, you, you'll start seeing cuts here and there and, and, and the team starting to take shape. But, yeah, lots of questions. And the fact that pre the Benfica camp has been so quiet with the exception of the Korvinovich situation as kind of distracted. They're kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, so we'll, we'll just have to see how it shakes out. Anyway, anything else that uh, you wanted to say before we get into this loose fleet thing? thing? Oh, I'll, I'll make shit up just so we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be saying so rambling. Anyway, I'll be rambling. Um, yeah, guys, anybody else miss Andre Almeida? <laughs> so um, I, I just wanted to, uh, you know, as I as I um, as I mentioned, I'm going to try to explain this the best as I can. Uh, and again, uh, just like here in the States, um, all all accused are are innocent until uh, convicted or presumed presumed innocent until guilty. How does that go? Innocent until so proven guilty. guilty. There you go. Something like that. <laughs> oh, forget it. It, it. We need so. Any, I'll I'll read you a, a short statement that um, 
that I basically I, I translated from a ball and I hope this makes sense. So the public ministry would or the MP considers that there were fr- uh, fraud schemes in favor of companies belonging to Luis Felipe Vieira's group, uh, with Benfica being the biggest loser. Uh, the MP believes that in addition to SAD, Bank Spirit Sant, Nov Bank and the state were all were also harmed by schemes between companies in Vieira and companies owned and controlled by business, businessman Bruno Macedo, held in Operation Red Card. Um, I, I, I told you this when this whole started, before we get into I give Portuguese authorities, they might be a whole lot of smoke about a lot of things, and these guys never wind up in jail, but I give them credit. They come up with clever names. <laughs> Operação Cartão Vermelho. Yo, yo. So, yo, applause. applause. Right. They deserve it. Deserve. Um, at issue are crimes of qualified fraud, aggravated breach of trust, forgery of documents, money laundering, and qualified tax fraud. According to uh, what Abola found out, the MP estimates that Benfica Sad was injured in total of $2.5 million, money that allegedly came out of the Eagles' coffers to pay transfers transfer commissions to businessman Bruno Macedo. The money reached companies controlled by Bruno Macedo and and collaborators Nuno Sergio Durange, Lopes, Antonio Rodrigues Sá, Dantas, blah, blah, blah. Two companies based in Portugal, BM Consulting and Yes Sports, and four abroad with headquarters in the United States, United Arab Arab Emirates, and Tunisia. Um, uh, Let's see, the sports fund. Companies that MP believes to be offshores. In the investigation, the money would uh, reach these companies. And then between 2016 and 2017, it would go to companies of Luis Felipe Vieira Group, uh, Promo Valor and Votion. According to the the one of the authorities' investigations, the alleged fraud schemes determined that Bruno Macedo reached an agreement with Luis Felipe Vieira so that Benfica Sad would carry out excessive payments in player transfer commissions, whether hiring or selling. Bruno Macedo sus- suspects the investigation of forging documents. One of the suspicions is allegedly false invoices to justify the circulation of funds. Um, the ministry stresses that the scheme benefited Luis Felipe Vieira's companies in, in three transfers. They're Liz Gonzalez, Claudio Correa, and Cesar Martins. So basically, I don't know if you understood the, the gist. So Benfica would buy these players. They would inflate the commissions. The commissions would be taken by Brun Macid deposited into these companies, offshore companies, and then sometime in the future, these companies would pay Luis Felipe Vieira's companies outside of Benfica uh, these commissions. So Vieira was benefiting from inflating prices of commissions to his own personal use. But that's just that's just the a little bit of of what we know and what was basically a broad painting of the picture. Um Luis Felipe was uh, was uh, arrested on the 7th. Uh he suspended his presidency on the 9th. Rui Costa declared himself as the president. And I'm I'm going to play a little audio of um of Rui Costa in his his presentation. Sou a partir de hoje presidente do Sport Lisboa e Benfica, na exata medida dos estatutos do clube. 
assume esta liderança com o mesmo orgulho, a mesma paixão e compromisso com vestir pela primeira vez a camisola do nosso Benfica. Decidi fazer a minha apresentação enquanto presidente, no meio do relevado, onde com a nossa camisola vivi os momentos mais felizes da minha vida. Sei a responsabilidade que hoje assumo, sei o que os benfiquistas esperam de mim, sei o que os benfiquistas esperam de quem está nesta posição. E tudo farei, tudo darei de mim, para que o clube seja cada vez maior. Os tempos são desafiantes, mas não são tempos de visões. São tempos de nos unirmos em prol daquilo que é o mais importante, o Sport Lisboa e Benfica. As nossas prioridades hoje são a preparação das épocas desportivas, quer do futebol, quer das modalidades, e temos que o fazer com o maior das ambições. Este será sempre o meu foco, este será sempre o meu lema, ganhar. Quero também transmitir uma mensagem de confiança aos nossos colaboradores, aos nossos parceiros, aos comerciais, aos financeiros, mas acima de tudo aos nossos sócios. O mesmo, enquanto presidente da SAD, aos nossos obrigacionistas, que continuaremos a honrar, como sempre fizemos até aqui, os nossos compromissos. Saberei ouvir as mensagens dos benfiquistas, pondo sempre os interesses do clube à frente de qualquer coisa, de qualquer coisa que apareça. Serei sempre um de vocês. Quero um Benfica forte, um Benfica unido e trabalharei diariamente para que isso aconteça. Viva o Benfica! In short, what he said was, pay your membership fees <laughs> and buy the new shirt. Right. So, so listen, th there's a couple things here that you could take from this presentation. First of all, there's nothing in the statutes that say if a president is uh, been arrested, the vice president will take over. There's no such thing because when the 24 guys that got together in 1904 to write the statues, right? They would never write a statue. Oh, if one of us gets arrested, right? That's not something that you write in. So the loophole on this was Vieira suspending his presidency. And by that suspension, I think there's something within the statues that will allow him to nominate who will take over for him. Apparently that nomination happened internally in November. So a month after the election, Vieira must have seen what was coming down down the, the road. Um, so we nominated Rui Costa. The biggest thing here uh, is obviously the, 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 the directive. All these guys that surrounded Vieira, it's, it's impossible that some of these guys did not know what was going on, especially Domingo Suarez Oliveira. Domingo Suarez Oliveira is... Um, the, the chief financial officer of the SAD. He controls every single penny or he has visibility to every single penny that leaves the club or that gets applied or gets spent, blah, blah, blah. To me, I'm, I'm very, very surprised if any of these guys didn't know. All of them, to me, are accomplices of, of Luis Lufiera. Either that or... They saw it and they decided to ignore it, right? So when you see something that's wrong and you've been voted in to represent the club and to defend the club and you see something that's wrong and you're not denouncing it, 
you are breaching the contract or the statutes of the club. To me, I think that for as much as Rui Costa wants to kind of now separate himself from the president and what what he was doing in his presentation, and if you notice in his presentation, the first thing that he brought up in his presentation was the positive image that fans have of Rui Costa. What is the positive image that fans have of Rui Costa? Is playing time at Stade Luluche, is playing time wearing a jersey. He was very careful to be able to, he was very careful to mention that and to bring that to light. Because right now, most of the image that fans have, myself alike, of Rui Costa is a guy that's been aware of everything that's been going on with Luis Fiera. He was Luis Fiera's right-hand man. How does he not know what is going on? To me, I find that very hard to believe that he doesn't know that some fishy isn't going on. And I understand that he may have not known the details, but you have to know that there's something going on. You're inflating players' commissions. You're buying the the Salvador Agres, the jo- Johan Cadiz of the world. Every year we saw Benfica buy players that never even put a Benfica player uh, a Benfica jersey on that were sold automatically elsewhere. Those guys generate commissions. Where do you think those commissions go? So there's this whole thing, and, and I'm afraid that this is just the, the tip of the iceberg, what we're finding out. It turns out that the public uh, the public ministry has had Luis Fliviera on wiretaps for three years. This is only the tip of the iceberg for everyone. And if you think things are going to get better, things are going to get much, much worse in terms of what we're going to find out of all the schemes that were that were going on. So to me, I do understand that what is going on right now. Um, I think that it's important that we continue to not disrupt the processes that are in place. So the preseason preparing the team uh, to qualify the champ for the Champions League, that's a huge, huge ask from the team. And that's a huge objective that the team needs to get to. You got all the modalidades that need to get prepared for. Uh, you got other things. You got an impressive obligacionista that's due out, that's due to be paid out to the guy, to the folks that invested in, in this impressive obligacionista that comes up at the end of this month. All of that needs to be satisfied and met by the club. I get that. Um, today, the, the directives and the Vice presidents got together and they put out a, a comunicado or a memo uh, that uh, have a, a few points. And Cristiano has already mentioned that that a priority: the preparation of uh, of the season, qualification for the Champions League, um, and pr- preparation for the modalidades or other sports, and to bring back the normalcy to some of the management of the club after everything uh, that's going on. The thing that, that I find um, confusing also, and, and I'm extremely upset at if, if the ministry is saying that Benfica is one of the victims of these crimes, why hasn't Benfica publicly 
announced that they're willing to work or they want to throw their hat in the ring to cooperate with the ministry because if they're victims, they should be working with the ministry to make sure they safeguard their best interests. And Bifika has not done that yet, to my knowledge. Uh, also, uh, fans have been clamoring for, for elections, that elections need to be set. And today, the club didn't didn't say, or, or this memo didn't say when the elections were going to be set. They just said sometime before the year is out, elections will be set. So um, right now, the biggest thing is that you got Rui Costa and you get all you have all the vice presidents of the SAD and all the guys that were Vieira. Yes, man, they're still at the club and it's like nothing happened. They're trying to go on. And I understand there's priorities. And like I said, the season and the team, uh, we need to make sure that we make the Champions League. I get that. But I think at this point, you should have had the date already for the elections because if Rui Costa wants to be president, or if he wants to proclaim himself president, he has to go through the election process. He has to have due process in order to be the rightful president. And I'm I'm, I'm not doubting that if he goes to the elections, he might no, I'm win it. I'm with you, whether it's Ricosta, whether it's Etoyin, whoever, who may, you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Whomever wants to be president of Benfica needs to go through the right steps and get elected. Uh, to be the Benfica. You don't just appoint yourself Benfica. Now, the only thing I've agreed so far with everything you think you've said, the only thing I'm, I'm, you know, you and I are on the same page is you, you, you as of right now, you want a date already, uh, determined date for well, announced for the, for the, the statues. The well, statutes. I think, look, they announced today that there will be by the end of the year. I, I I'm okay. I would have liked if they came out with the set date, but at the same time, I'm totally okay with it, Alfred. I'm just being honest because I think right now they should focus more on making sure this, look, I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, but the football side of things needs to be straightened out. Benfica needs to qualify for the Champions League. They need that Champions League, those millions in order to survive. They need to put a competitive team on the field. They need to 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 get this Tasa, this Caneco, the, the, the right? The championship Caneco away from our neighbors on the other side of the city, we need to bring that back to the style of the lose. And so in order to do that, we need to concentrate right now on strengthening this roster and making sure everything is right and set to go from day one. Now, come September, transfer window closes. We're fine. Now we're into, you know, in the midst of the season, beginning of the season, things are going on. Now, look, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to focus and throw our hat in a hat. We're going to be candidates. We're going to announce a date for elections. And I think then is the appropriate time right now to be building a, you know, putting together a team to run as a candidate, building a campaign, concentrating on acquiring players, concentrating on placing players. It's just, it, it's a lot of where a lot, it's, it's a big mess for guys that I understand they've been around for a while, but at the end of the day, you know, they didn't have that pressure of being the president of Sport Athletes Boy Benfica. So I'm okay with it because as long as they go through, they follow through on what they said regarding the elections, Alfredo, I'm okay with it. Now, I would have been okay with it as well if they gave me a predetermined date already, but I can't kill them for not doing so. At least at least this shows whether it's Rui Costa that's making these decisions, whomever is advising them, they have the right intentions in mind. It's important that they follow through, but so far what they've said it's been, at least in my estimation, it's been the, all the right things. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I and like I like you're saying, as long as they follow through, because let let's say Benfica it goes on a tear uh, in August, wins all their games, qualifies for the UCL. September comes around, the team's still on on good momentum. At that point, do the voices quiet down in terms of requesting an election, or they say, well, we want at least uh, we want Rui Costa to be our president. Also, why don't we just allow but him to be what if to be the president? What if we have a repeat of last year of Paul Walk, right? That disaster, that nightmare. Oh, forget it. And then and, and there'll be and, pitchforks and then, at the loose. So I mean, look, it, it could and, and that's what they're hoping that it goes well. What and they're taking every measure. Yeah, but I would like to think, bro, this is the this is the thing that pisses me off about Vikings, right? These blind novels, right? Bro, you really can't be that stupid. And just because you get a couple of good positive results. Therefore, you have, you know, your vote, your mind is made up regarding the president. After all we've been through over the last 30 years, come on, Benfica, we need to be smarter than that. And if you really, in your heart, believe that Rico system, fine, yeah, by all means. But you have to be wise. Don't fall into this trap. How much longer are we going to be eating merda? A palada with the shovel. A pasada, a pasada, he's whatever. Come on, bro. We have to be smarter than that. You know, this this cycle has to end. We need to put the people in front of the club that have the right intentions that need to lead this club to the next decade, right? To need lead this club to where it belongs. You and I have this conversation. I told Benfica is a club, fine. You want to tell me they can't challenge with the Real Madrid, Barcelona's, Cities, United's, uh, Barcelona's, PSG's. That's fine and dandy. But the next group, Benfica should be there. Ch- Look, financially, I understand things are going to be a bit, little bit difficult, but we live in a beautiful city, beautiful stadium, beautiful, you know, Seychelles Academy, the best in the world, right? the best academy in the world. 20 years uh, ahead. Yeah, 20 years ahead. All this, bro, people, players want to come to Lisbon, want to play for Benfica, want to play in a city that there's has over – 300 days of the year, a sunny days, right? They're playing in Champions League. You know, they're kings of their own domain being in Portugal. They wear the red on their chest. Bro, Benfica should be challenging the next group of teams. Look, I'm not telling they should be winning Champions League, but we should be getting out of the group. We should be, our main goal should be every single season to make it to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And then if anything happens after that, it's the cherry on top. But I think that should be the minimum. Benfica should really be striving for this. And so we need to put the right people in front of the club that have Benfica's best interests at heart, not their own personal interests. Benfica's. And so whomever that may be, look, Rick Costa was my idol as a player, right? If he's running for election, I'm going to judge him just like I would judge and rate any other candidate. And if I deem that he's the best candidate, I'll vote. For- if I don't, so be it. I still like Rui Costa. I got to meet him at a personal level. You know, we're not best friends, but we know each other. That's fine and dandy. But if I don't think he's the best suited candidate, it is what it is, brother. But I think we all have to really look at an individual and decide what's best for our club, for our future, rather than fall into the trap of just eating the bullshit that we've eaten for the last 30 years. Yeah. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, it's about time we turn the page. Well, we, uh, and the other thing is like, yeah, I, I do get that. And, and, these upcoming elections, please let's let's make them um, fair and democratic in terms of uh, the coverage by BTV, because we all know there was no coverage by BTV of the other candidates during these past elections. We all know that there were some irregularities in terms of the elections and the votes. 
So let's make it as transparent as we can so that when the results come out, everybody is happy with the results and everybody can move on. Myself and Chris, we didn't vote for Leash Leaf Vieira. We voted for another option. But Damn, after throw me out like <laughs> but but after it was announced oh, 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 Luizinho, tu não escutas calma fio eu me botava para ti pá but after it was announced when I go to Portugal hey it was announced you won four years whether you like it or not whether you support the guy or not you kind of have to leave that behind but this the system and the process wasn't as transparent as it should have been and it left a lot of people wondering if he did in fact win the elections or if he forced a win in the elections so we can continue ahead of the club so we can continue having these schemes like i said the 100 million that was spent was all with the intention of swaying the popular vote Oh, this guy's invested. He brought JJ. He brought these big time players. Positive, Chris. I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna uh, vote for him. It was to win the title, right? So, how do we know that along with that amount of money that he spent, that he also didn't sway the election? We don't know because it was anything but transparent. There was no uh, audit to the voting process. There was no counting of the physical votes. There were boxes or urns of votes moved in personal vehicles, and nobody really knows where the votes went. So it was anything ah, but news. transparent, right? So what I'm hoping for, and regardless of whether Rui Costa wins or not, that the, the next election process is as transparent yes, as it can be. Because without that, you will never have a club united. I think what you do is when people go vote, you record them live. And I think a lot of people being very embarrassed to vote on, you know, for certain candidates and maybe you get the right votes. What do you think? That's think that's, about it. If that's like, idiotic. <laughs> I mean, that's transparent. It's <laughs> it's transparent. <laughs> no, it, no I mean, it's like I, I, and, and look, I, Rui Costa is going to have to do a lot in the next coming months. Um, he, he needs the club needs to be more transparent. The club needs to come out and let the, the sausages know what they're doing about this whole issue with Luis Fiera. There's a lot of guys out there that are getting news from CMTV, from other news outlets that are probably not trustworthy because the club is choosing well, to be one. mute on the point. So if the club is being transparent with the fans and say, this is what's going on, this is what we're doing, this is what Trucars is doing, this is what the directive is doing, there, now there's no, uh, there's no Alfred, uh, I'll, I'll, guessing from I'll, the media outlets. I'll play the other side of the card, though. And again, and you know we agree on a lot of these of these topics, but maybe because you hear Luis Riviera was involved in selling the 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 the, the uh, stocks, right? And behind everyone's back to say, so what if in reality Luis Riviera had all this control, right? Silently on his own, and when this happened, it caught everybody by surprise, and he's the guy making all the decisions. Now it took the guys a couple. Of, I'm just playing that side of it, right? And it took these guys a couple of days to get the, you know, the wings under under them and 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 make decisions because this guy's been the one in charge of everything. A lot of people say, you know, what do they call it, Vieta TV and the dictatorship, yada yada. And maybe it took everyone else around them, 
couple of days to, to grasp things. And but that's and, not but, the, but 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 I think uh, ever since then they've come up with with comunicados. But, uh, I think they're trying to inform everyone as much as possible. You might not agree with what they're saying, but they're putting it out. But a couple of years ago, Vieira said himself that this is not a one-man club; that it's run by the directive. Vieira also told me he's and he's been a socio Porto Sporting for years before that. Yeah. I mean, and to add insult to injury, uh, on the anniversary of Porto's uh, Tetra or Penta or whatever it is, Luis Felipe Vieira allowed a crew from Porto Canal to record an Comes episode. Friday. To record an episode at Stade de Luz. Uh, to I guess celebrate that championship that Porto won, where we shut uh, off the sprinklers. Where we shut off the sp- oh, it wasn't us. The timer, the timer. Yeah, was. mind you, Porto Canal is a channel from Porto, obviously. That w- with uh, with months on end, produced or or s- divulged Benfica's emails, and Luis Vieira is allowing them to do this in our house in property that belongs to the sauces of Benfica. So uh, if you don't, it if you don't, to the of Benfica, it belongs to Luis Vieira. <laughs> belongs to Luis Vieira. That's wrong. He belongs to him, bro. He's the almighty. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the thing is that, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm tired of Benfica's name being, uh, uh, dragged through, through the mud and, and somebody, and, and forgive me because I think maybe it was Robert. I don't know exactly. And he had asked, does this hurt sponsorship? Sponsorship? Absolutely. You think that Adidas wants to be involved with a club that their president uh, is accused of stealing funds from the club? Well, considering Adidas gives his leftover uniforms from three years ago, I don't <laughs> think they're even paying attention to what's going on with it. No, but, uh, you know, yes, absolutely it hurt. I mean, absolutely it hurts the Benfica brand. Uh, and all the news about uh, – <laughs> all the news about um, – it's funny these guys are all saying on on the chat to let Dave speak because I've been waiting because I didn't want I mean I've been interrupting my stupid corny lines but I've been waiting for you to face like to ask Dave, Dave his opinion. Dave, Dave, Dave what, what are your thoughts? Nice people. Can, Canadians are nice, they're people. nice people. They're like the Swiss of of yeah. Europe. Yeah, I mean, of, know, of North America. Whatever you guys are telling me tonight is pretty much the first time I'm digesting this uh, information because I haven't really uh, dug too deep on this. So. Uh, I'm just sitting back and listening to these these claims. Obviously, we all had the suspicions. The suspicions have been there for for years. So, it is uh, it's not looking good right now for this club. But um, we'll see. I, I unfortunately I, I uh, share what Alfredo says, and uh, I think it's just the tip of the iceberg right now. Yeah, there's Look, as a crazy lot more. as crazy as crazy as this sounds. All right, and again, as you guys know, I'm a little bit off off. You know. A little crazy sometimes. I this is bad. Sometimes I'm embarrassed. Um, but this has been going on for a while. There's nothing positive coming out of this, but in a crazy way, as long as we don't get any of the shenanigans from our neighbor up north, Pintinho, right? With the paying off for results, and this will be a stain on, on, on Benfica's record, but and I don't want to say I'm okay with it because I'm not, but I, I think if it comes to the other part of things where you're paying off for results, I, I, dude, I think that would really break my heart. I think that, that yeah. not that this is good, guys, guys but and gals. This is, this not is that the... this is good, but I think like you want to die by the sword, you want to die by a gun. I, I Shoot me in the head because I'll be dead, you know, instantly. Um, 
but it's kind of like the the, the the evil of the two poisons, right? Which I would say, what is the poison of two evil? Whatever, that's some at least, <laughs> right? I think, bro, I uh, I don't want any of that, man, because yeah. that that's I think at the end of the day, our rivals are tr- trying to throw stones at us, and what especially those that live in big glass houses want to throw stones at us. And it's one thing I keep saying to them: Look, bro, you know you guys are running around Ferry Street trying to act cool, celebrating titles that you paid off. You know we don't, you know. Uh, and I know Benfica is not squeaky clean, but at least as of right now, we're not getting any of accusations. And again, um, not that it's any better, uh, but uh, it's the, the the less of the two evils. Yeah, and 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 I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, Porto has been strangely quiet during this whole process. I mean, Jota Marx is a guy that will. I mean, he will go on Twitter and criticize anything that involves Benfica. Yeah, he criticized that that female he, he, athlete for he, he, being on TV on RTP or whatever. Yeah, she was on TV during homeschooling, and she was the Benfica goalie, the foot, Benfica uh, female uh, futsal goalie, and he criticized RTP uh, for having publicly her on. for having her on because she was a Benfica player. But it's it's funny how quiet they've been, and maybe this goes back to uh, the lunch that that Pinto Costa and Luis Felipe Vieira had a week ago in the Bairrada, and maybe they signed a non-aggression pact. And they, or Pinto Costa knows that it's coming for him oh, too. Man, you guys, you guys got to tune into my private channel for, for you to get the real thoughts on this. Cause <laughs> I got I me. Mean, come on. <laughs> I didn't know you had a private channel. I don't bro. I'm joking. That's anyway, only, it's only for, I but, went, uh, um, um, no, bro, Fredo, I, listen, um, We'll say that for another podcast. Go ahead, finish up. No, look, um, I, I hope that we were able to kind of explain that and, and really give. I've had a really hard time during during the, this past week and and even finding uh, the right words to explain what I'm feeling. Um, I'm, I'm sad. I'm I'm let down. I'm I'm ashamed. Uh, Chris and I were at, were at a party this past weekend, uh, and there was a bunch of Sportingistas there. Yeah, and there was one, one sport, the rest of sport. Well, and it was two, he, two, he two. wanted, you, he, he called me over. He said, "Hey, these guys are attacking me," and I said, "Chris, right now left we, we hey. don't have the morale to even say anything hey, to anybody. We need to get, get our out. house in order." I was getting, I was getting slapped around, and he left me there. But you know me. I got on top of a chair and started screaming off the top of my lungs. You know, I had to put them in their place. But nonetheless, I mean, I think the worst Portista in the face of the planet happened to be at his party. One of my very best friends. Uh, the worst, worst of the worst. And, it, and Alfredo left me there to hang, you know, no backup, nothing. Alfredo's very well behaved. But nonetheless, like I said, the one thing that, that, that I could throw at them is look uh, at least we rob from within <laughs> you know we're not robbing for results <laughs> like, that, can, yeah. that, that was my one line that's the only thing i could really defend myself yeah. in maybe uh, why the club isn't cooperating with the uh the ministry because maybe more things come out that way where the club isn't so-called uh, a victim that way maybe they paid us for the draw at the loose yeah i don't know <laughs> um cindy cindy is asking if the, do we think that Luis lufier will be back as president i i no. highly doubt that I doubt uh it. the three million um, th- the three million. Uh, what, what do you call bond? It? The bond. Well, no. Uh, bail. Bail. Bond, the three bond million money, bail right? that he needs to bond, to uh, to post in in ten days or whatever. Twenty. 
Uh, he hasn't paid yet, but well, that's all the, he needs is five hundred thousand. If he stole two point five from Benfica, he's got, he's got. <laughs> that's that's the that's the second highest uh, bail uh, after ever, the other guy that tried to buy Benfica years Joe ago. Who's, who's trying to buy Benfica? That got arrested a couple of weeks ago for five million. For five million, yeah. So, but look, I, 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 don't, don't, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. He's I, I think back. that once this all starts to unraveling, um, all the accusations. The wiretaps. If they were tapping the, my man for three, for three years, there's going to be a lot more than just bulashes the the Marta in and yogurts. Not just that, and not just that, but all jokes aside, <laughs> this is a process. As you guys who are familiar with with Portuguese judiciary system, this is gonna. It's not going to be like a two months. Going to be dragged. It's going to be years. And so I don't see how this guy, in his right mind is going to take care of his legal problems and do it, it even if he wanted to. How is he going to be able to do his duties as a president, which is day in, day, day in, day out? He has to be involved in the club matters, and he's going to have to also put up a defense, you know, to, to try to, 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 you know, evade jail time. I don't think he, it's, that's, he's that's going to have the time. Happen. Yeah, I don't think he's going to have It's it. not going to happen because one of the, the measures uh, that, the, that the court put in is that he cannot be in any facility owned by SLB uh, or by Bifica or um, have contact with any of, uh, of, uh, of the SAD, any members of the SAD. He's, he's strictly forbidden to do that. So if the, the longer the court draws out, the longer those measures will be in place. Come on, the pizza delivery guy slipping them us one of those <laughs> flip phones. Are you crazy? Flash the pizza thing. No, nah, I just look. Benfica was only two point five million uh, from what Holy, they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently, it's a it's over a hundred million in terms of what the what the government is 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 uh, all the accusations that are out there. So it's over a hundred million. So. But like I said, there's going to be a lot more developments, and as this the the court cases develops, uh, more things will come out because right now everything in, is under grid justice, which is basically they can't divulge any any of the facts um, to the public because uh, everything is part of the, hey, the case. You think, Dave? Since him and Pinto Costa are such great friends, you think they got the same defense system? They got Pinto Costa on the Pinto Rado? <laughs> That'd be wise, right? I mean, they, yeah, maybe, hey, maybe, maybe uh, your attorney got you out of a hundred mile per hour speeding ticket. Yeah, I'm gonna use them now. Yeah, but the lunch, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I said, Hey, how did you get those wiretaps thrown out of court in yeah, the Pinto Rado? You're making me legal. Right? And he told him, I got in the back of a car and went to Vigo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all we got. So I, I hope that's that we um, got three hours long. <laughs> I hope that it's Dave's an tired. Hour, hour and a half. Yeah, Dave's falling asleep. Dave's um, tired. I hope and Dave, sorry, man. I wish you would have participated a little bit more, but uh, you know, it's just one of those podcasts. <laughs> um, but but yeah, um, the, 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 the schedule has come out. We will uh, save the schedule for next week. Discuss the schedule. Also, uh, by the time uh, we come out next week. We've had a chance to watch Mefica, uh live for the first time this. So pre-season. we're gonna do this like weekly again? Yeah, Tuesday. Oh man, it started up for real. Yeah, I thought today was like one of those nah. comunicados speciais. Nah. Alerta, Benfica podcast. No, I'm sure we'll have plenty, plenty to talk about. Damn, we'll have plenty to talk about. But but yeah, um, thanks uh, everyone that, that took the time to uh, to to watch us and, and put up with uh, our usual Miss you guys. goofy Love stuff. You. And I hope that we were able to shed some light on uh, on everything that was uh, that's been going on. Um, I'm not uh, 
a judicial or a court expert or a lawyer. So a lot of the things that I read, sometimes I'll have to go and translate. So well, what does this word mean? Because there's a lot of words out there, especially when you're reading court documents that it's very hard to uh, understand. The podcast so, needs to retain a lawyer, a lawyer on file then for us. we got to have a lawyer next week. Uh, uh, Andre Ventura is available. Andre Ventura is available. He's back on TV talking to Fico. Oh, we could get the guy from Houston. He speaks English. Yeah, Matamoros. Matamoros. Yeah. Uh, Matamoros also said that uh, if uh, if there's no elections um, that are announced or date they're announced, he's going to continue to pursue his case. Uh, in terms of uh, the, did the election, they just, they just didn't give a date. They have a date, yeah. But you <laughs> know, announcing that and not giving a date is almost the same thing as announcing. It's like me saying, "Hey, I'll stop by your house," but I'll never stop by. Oh yeah, this was like when I said, "Stop by my house whenever you want." Kind of like one of those, <laughs> <laughs> hoping yeah. you never show up. At ten co ten, at. 87DO87 Epifico Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, thanks again for for checking us out. We haven't done this YouTube live in 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 a while. Uh, shout out to everyone that was uh, that that took the time for us. Yep. And uh, was in the comments, and the comments were very active. Mario, Sydney, everybody, Barbosa, uh, Fernandez, my boy Gui, that's my dude. Hi everyone. Thanks a lot. See you again next week. Take care. Stay well. Stay safe. Later. Bye.